you're not going to want to miss this. These are the key players that are going to win you all of your fantasy basketball championships coming up after the All-Star break. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is league winner Josh Lloyd and I'm going to send you blue hearts. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Go ahead and bang it out. Go and hit the thumbs up, hit the bell, leave your comments, and of course, subscribe. And do it on both platforms, on audio and on video. And that's where you that's how you become a double banger. That's how you evolve from a single banger into a double banger. And we all love to evolve, don't we? So, obviously, as we are a minute and 20 seconds into this show, that was all garbage. Like, that's not true. I'm not talking about these guys are guaranteed to be a winner for your league. That just doesn't exist, right? That is just such a hyperbolic statement. I saw an interaction on Twitter over the weekend where someone was claiming someone was a league winner and then someone else popped in with, this guy's a league winner. It's like, bro, not everyone's a league winner. Like your 10th best player is not a league winner. It doesn't work that way and there's going to be so much stuff going on. So I am trying to do this, A, because we've got a little bit of time here in the break. Just to bring some names to your attention, we are talking about 13 different names, I believe. No, sorry, 12 different main names with a little subsection there. So the top 12 players to win your fantasy basketball league. Um, Just to give you an idea of some guys. Now, we need to just be nimble through the rest of this season because there are going to be injuries. There are going to be injuries, and there are going to be rotational ch- uh, changes. And we're going to see stuff in the next three days, I'd say, where it'll be w- at least one team that comes out and makes a determination of a change. We've already seen two before the break, Keontae and Scoot moving into the starting lineup rest of the season. And you'll get some things float through over the next few weeks. And then when those things happen, we need to be ready to make those adjustments. I could come out here and list probably 70 different players who could have an opportunity to be a one-week guy that jumps into 12-team consideration. But I'm not going to do that because, again, that's pointless. It's confusing. That information stays in my head. That's not a fun place to be, so I need to put all that out into the open. What we're going to do is just go through a few names here that I think are worth monitoring how that situation can arise for them and you know where we view them or value them for fantasy basketball. Uh, why did I say it that way? Basketball. Um, all right, second half rises. So we're not talking about guys who are mainly rostered. We're talking about um, some guys that are available in a lot of spots. Now, I'm not going to go into depth in these guys, but these are the obvious ones. Keontae George, I just think he needs to be rostered. He's going to be the starter for Utah. Last game was awesome. Won't be that good every game, but he needs to be rostered. I've got the two Thompsons there. Now, Asar Thompson has an easier path for minutes. It depends what they do with uh, old mate Mike Tyson's punch-out legend, Isaiah Stewart. I would suggest that maybe his role may not be as big as they would hope. I don't know. Anyway, he's bad. So hopefully Asar's able to get those minutes and Monty actually pulls his finger out and we get things going right. I've written two Rockets players there, Men Thompson and Cam Whitmore, for the sole reason that I mentioned on the Wednesday recap show. Ime Adoka is not happy. He's very much angry with Jalen Green and the effort that he's giving, and he keeps saying that he's going to make a change. There are two ways they can make that change. Men Thompson plays next to Fred Van Vliet, 
where Amen is more of the point guard and Fred is more of the shooting guard. The Amen Shangun fits a little weird, but they have to figure it out. Or the other one is they could start Cam Whitmore. Put Dylan Brooks at the two, Whitmore at the three. I don't think that Tari Eason would be that optional because A, his health, but I think Amen and Cam do both have a shot to replace Jalen Green. Uh, Long-term, it is no question to me at all that Amen and Cam are much better future prospects than Jalen. I've I've decided that. That's done. I'm sorted on that. But in terms of how they... Look, they might not even bench Jalen, but if they do, it could be Amen. I think it would be, but it could be Cam for his offensive and shooting ability to slide in there. So we watch both of those ones. But again, we've been talking about Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore for weeks. Obviously, Whitmore injured at the moment. Scoot Henderson's an obvious one too. He is starting for Portland. He will have some rough shooting nights, but it has improved. His free throws are up. His free throw percentage is up. His three-point percentage is up. The problem is his two-point percentage is in the toilet. I think he's going to be pretty strong. And I think that the Malcolm Brogdon situation is not going to be an issue for him moving forward. And the last one is Trey Mann, who I don't know whether Lamelo is coming back. He may, he may not. Don't know. Just Trey Mann needs to be on a roster. Trey Mann can play next to Lamelo, And getting him in in that Gordon Haywood trade, I think they just want to see, is he actually a future piece? I'm not convinced that he is, but he might be. So that's what we want to see with those guys. Some other real deep, deep long shot players that I've got here. Um, Kobe Bufkin. If... For some reason, Atlanta, there's an injury that occurs for DeJounte or for Trey or something down the stretch because they're not going anywhere and they don't... What That's, again, it's a long shot, but if something happens, we've seen Buff can at least get some minutes pre-deadline, like one game. He hasn't really played, but he'd be someone to watch. In Toronto, Jordan Wara, yes, there are... He's a little bit buried at the moment, but it's not hard to see a situation where Barrett and his knee or Barnes gets uh, sat down for the last three weeks of the season. That could happen with an injury. Any of that stuff could go on at some point there. And Wara would be a guy who's got pretty high fantasy upside, but it's a, it's a lot to get there. And then the two Wizards players, which is real deep stuff. Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Eugene Omaroy. If Marvin Bagley gets hurt, huge opportunity there. If Kyle Kuzma gets shut down, again, huge opportunity there. Baldwin's a three-point shooting, shot-blocking rebounder. And Omaroy just... It seems to, I don't know, he grabs a ton of rebounds. Um, he's not a very good shot blocker or anything as a center, but he can put up some numbers. But they're just some deeper league guys that I think that we can pay attention to um, in this uh, in this setting. So we've got 13 names that we're going to talk about. Where should we go? Well, you know where we want to go. We all want to make sure that we are right there when it arises, and that is grade A dick. Now, Will the big fella get that opportunity? I think his ceiling is probably having a top 100 run this year. Um, The thing about uh, Dickie is that the guys in front of him are not long-term pieces on this team. And that's part of how you got to look at it. Is the team bad? Yeah, they're terrible. Are the guys in front of him long-term pieces? And no, it's Gary Trent, unrestricted free agent, and Bruce Brown recently traded for a $25 million team option who's almost definitely gone in the offseason. So there will be, and we have seen it, and this is all building. It's, all, it's why I think, I hope you listen to this show. It's why I do the work that I do, is to try and find these little trends. And about four weeks ago, we heard Darko Ryakovich be like, yeah, we just want Grady in there because we want to see how he reacts in certain lineups and how he runs with our starters and what he does under certain pressure situations. So he barely played the first 40 games of the season. And now he's playing closing run. And it's only a matter of time, literally might be three days, before they say grade A is going to start the rest of the season. He'll be shaky, but he's flash more assisting. He's big. He's got good size. He can shoot. I think he'll get usage pumped up at some point, and he can get some steals. Just this is I, I don't know if it's the number one thing that I'm after, 
But if there was anything I was going to sit on, any player I was going to sit on wait, waiting to see what happens in the next week, I, I'd probably sit on Dick because I just think that that opportunity is pretty clear for him. Um, they've given all those indications that they're really ready to like to, to buff it. And uh, I just, yeah, I just can, I can see it. I can see Dick going huge. Simple as that. Today's episode is brought to you by Grammarly. Whatever type of work it is you do, whether it's me recording here, writing YouTube descriptions, you sending emails, you writing reports for your boss, communication is key. Emails, reports, presentations, it's equally important to whatever collaboration you're doing. You've got to get things done. You've got to get across accurately and in an entertaining, honestly, no matter what you're doing, the driest report that you could be sending for work, if there's no level of like interest, intrigue, entertainment in it, people are going to skim. They're not going to want to read it. Yeah? So Grammarly can help you with that stuff. Grammarly can come in and help you rephrase certain things, find uh, grammatical errors that make things not flow, find ways to just say it in a different different um, sort of phrasing, a different voice. Grammarly helps you make those changes with spelling, with grammar, with phrasing, gives you ideas as well. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. And that is what you want. I was saying entertaining, but impactful. That's what you want. You want people to listen to it and go, ah, cool. That makes sense. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. So make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That is G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Wow, that's a tagline. Enjoy that. All right, so first one's out of the way. Great A, prestige, done. What about the next one? Marcus Sasser in Detroit. Now, I didn't love the Pistons picking Sasser. That's documented, I've said that millions of times. The opportunity for him is a little crowded because we don't know what they're going to do with their coach being, honestly, bottom two coach in the NBA pretty clearly at the moment. Um, and the presence of Kay, the presence of Ivy, the presence amazingly of Ivan Fournier, and then Quentin Grimes are up. I could have had Quentin Grimes on this list as well. But I do think that there is going to be a point this season where Cade and they decide that, yep, his knee probably need to sit down. Or they might do something with Ivy along those lines as well and find a 30-minute role for Sasa. I do think that is possible. Sasa shot really well. I don't. The problem, the problem I have with Sasa long-term is I think he's too small to be a two. I don't think he's a good enough passer to be a one. Um, and he's an older rookie already, so I don't really know where he fits. I don't see that starting long-term upside role. But I do see an opportunity as a very good shooter who can get some steals, some assists, and can score when things start to get wacky in terms of the rotation. There's a lot of things to overcome, a lot of obstacles there in Detroit, but he's a name that Monty has played consistently, even over Ivy at times. And he's already got like that semi-foot in. So if something does happen to one of those other starters, Ivy and Cade, or again, you could easily see a situation where one of those guys or Cade you know, moves and plays more of the three, that Sass's role can improve. It's, it's a little harder because of the coach and because they haven't given any sort of concrete information regarding his role and how they're valuing him, but it's worth looking at. This next one is very obvious. And maybe I should have had him on the obvious list earlier on. But we're talking GG Jackson. Now, GG still has a ton of issues for category leagues. He's shooting unbelievably from three at the moment. 
I think he's at like over 40%. Like the guy just struggled to hit any shots in college whatsoever. Um, and what we are seeing with him at the moment is most of his shots from three at the moment are catch and shoot. But as players move out of the Grizzlies lineup, he's going to do more self-creation. And that's where you run into real efficiency problems. His shot blocking is also a little bit better than college, but assists, no rebounds, not that great. Um, free throws, not that great. Like he has some real, real problems for a category league, like across the board. And he'll have good games, but a lot of stinkers too. The reason he's in here is that they will need people to create shots because I'm telling you now, Jaron Jackson is not lasting the season. That's just not going to happen. They are consistently resting players every second game. Conchar, Canard, um, Derek Rose. We've got Scotty Pippen, who's now out injured as well. And there was an update on Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart. And I guess the way you read that update depends on what level of hopium slash copium you have. But the update to me from doing this for a long time means one, one and one thing only. It means that Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart are not coming back in any meaningful way this season. That is, I, I don't really see another way that we can interpret those comments from Zach Kleiman. Because again, you can very easily go in there and say, well, no, he said that they're doing some rehab and you know that they're they're getting they're still working and, and working to get back. That that's all true, right? I think with the way that the rules are put out there with the player participation policy and getting worried about fining for resting and all that sort of stuff, teams have got to be really cautious about the way that they approach this, right? They've got to be really cautious about that. But there was an article um, in on Grind City Media talking about this, and this is what Kleiman said. He said, what we're doing is being very intentional about a championship window we see as open. Obviously, that is not this season. Right? So they're talking about, we've got to focus on next season. Yes, because that is when our championship window is there. So it is about what else can we find in terms of roster building the rest of the way as we go about putting together a team that competes for a championship next year and beyond. So they know what Desmond Bain is. They know what Marcus Smart is. They know what Jaron Jackson is. That is their core. So what else can we find in terms of roster building the rest of the way as we go about putting a team together that competes for a championship? What that means is we don't need Desmond Bain back there, right? So there's number one thing. So then the question was asked um, about Bain and about Smart. Kleiman reiterated that Bain and Smart are progressing through the initial stages of rehab, initial stages of rehab, and remain scheduled to be reevaluated sometime after next week's NBA's All-Star break. We'll be smart, Kleiman said, of the intentions that Bain and Smart could return this season. We're going to make sure that they're in position to be fully healthy. Now, you can say, yeah, like they're rehabbing. We're just going to make sure they're fully healthy. This is all code for they're not coming back. Maybe I am wrong. And I, if I had the ability to go and drop Desmond Bain right now, if you know, with in, whole, you know, open injured in slots, no way I would do it. But I did say I would have done it when the initial grade three diagnosis came down because I said that's a long-term injury and there's just no way that I think he's coming back in any meaningful way. And I think if he does come back, he might come back three games, go, oh, ankle soreness, I'm done. Marcus Smart might come back and go, oh, knee soreness, I'm done. That is what I think will happen. They don't need to see these guys play. They need to preserve them for next season and see what other parts they can uncover this season that will be parts of the rotation next year. So all of that is to say that those guys might come back, but there is a lot of shot opportunities needed from GG. And if you're at a points league, it's great. Category league, it gets more iffy, but it's got to be really specific and intentional as to what team you're doing. But that brings me into um, the next guy, if I could go and find him. Oh, no, we won't get to that now. I've, I've gone out of order. What a, what a moron. I should have done it this way. Is this better? Nope. Oh, yes. I've, lost, I've already lost how to do podcasts in two days off. We're going to Jordan Goodwin because 
Jacob Gilead has two games left on his two-way contract. They might convert him to a full-time contract. I wouldn't say he's done enough to suggest he should be. Um, so he's got two games left. Scotty Pippen is out for four weeks. Jordan Goodwin's on, on a 10-day. That is true. But it, I, it's very easy for me to see Jordan Goodwin getting a rest-of-season contract. And if he does, he, this is a must-roster player. That's why the only reason he's here is like, yeah, let's just see. Because at the moment, he's got like, what, seven days left of his contract? And then he can sign another 10 days, so 17 days left. I think he's going to be there the rest of the season. I think he's going to be the starting point guard the majority of the rest of the season as well. Um, get Pippen out. Gilly's got two more games left. Goodwin gets you points, rebounds, assists, steals. He blocks shots okay. He can be an iffy shooter, but this is a... I, I almost should have put him on the... This is pretty obvious. And if you want to take flyers on guys, the path to this is so simple. Smart not returning. Bain not returning. Probably. Pippen out at least four weeks. Probably season done. Gilead literally two games left. Unless they change his contract. So there's a huge opportunity here for old mate Jordan Goodwin to be, honestly, a league winner. He's not a league winner. He's not. But to be useful enough for the majority of leagues, leaning more value in categories versus points, whereas GG leans more points uh, than categories as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little bit further? Do you ever wonder what adventure could be just around the corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. You don't have to worry about connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Play Store, Google Maps are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. And while you're looking at Nissan stuff, they've also got the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight in expansive cargo capacity and the advanced available 4x4 capabilities. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds of towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. So take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go and find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Okay, let's go through the next ones. We're going to go to Brooklyn. Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson's in the rotation already. I said about Jalen Wilson about two to three months ago, just to keep an eye on what happens at the deadline. And they only traded away one play, but that's the start, Royce O'Neal. Wilson's a bit of an older guy coming out of college, for, out of Kansas, who sometimes has a bit of an iffy shot at times. But in a situation where this Nets team is going nowhere, and yes, they can't tank necessarily to keep their pick because they don't have their pick. But what they can do is guys who are sort of fringy or dealing with a lot of injuries, Cameron Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith, who knows if he's going to be on this team long-term. And honestly, with the play that Wilson's giving him, what's the difference between him and Dorian Finney-Smith at the moment? Is it that much different? I don't think Wilson's got a gigantically sky-high ceiling. I don't know that he does. But I do think that he's found a way to work into an every-night rotation role. He's a two... You know, he's not a two-way guy. Um, he's, he's got an opportunity to work into a larger role maybe be a starter for a few weeks here and put up solid enough numbers. It probably does require a Johnson slash Finney Smith uh, absence, but I can also just see him starting to outplay these guys and be someone where Jacques Vaughn just goes, sure, why not? Let's see what the big fella Jalen Wilson can bring. And then there's his teammate. This one's obvious. It's Dayron Sharp. Now, with Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton both there, it's hard for Sharp to play enough to matter. It's hard. But... Nick Claxton's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know what Nick Claxton's intentions are, but I do know that there's so much noise 
around Nick Claxton leaving through free agency. There was so much noise of the Nets potentially looking to trade Nick Claxton at the deadline because they didn't know that he'd stay around. So, again, on a team going nowhere, Claxton's pretty good. He hasn't been quite as good this year as last season. Is there a chance that we get a switcheroo here, an injury crops up for Claxton who had early ankle injuries? Is there a chance that Sharp just starts? Because if he does, that's a top 50 player. This is the by far the highest ceiling player on this list. Scores with gigantic efficiency, not a bad free throw guy, block shots, get re- gets rebounds. Like this guy is one of the best, re- think Andre Drummond level rebounding, he's not far off that. This is an unbelievable permanent producer. Again, as they're currently constructed, it's really hard to see him get enough. Doesn't take much for A, Simmons to get hurt. I think Simmons and Sharp actually might work better than Simmons and Claxton. I'd need to check the numbers on that. But it's not hard to see something happening with Claxton at some point and them saying, well, Sharp might be our center of the future. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Maybe. Let's go to Portland. I could throw a million names out here. This is the expert tanking team in the NBA. They've done it for years. Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Aiden are not lasting the season. Malcolm Brogdon, they're not lasting the season. They're not playing. And you might tell me, yeah, that's true, but Simons is still young and they want to see. No, they've done this the last two years. Grant, obvious. He's the king of the March shutdown. Aiton's already had knee tendonitis. Malcolm Brogdon is Malcolm Brogdon. Right, there's a chance, honestly, that Scoot doesn't play at the end of the season. That's what this team does. Although I think he might. But there are plenty of opportunities here. Matisse Leibel is going to be out of the rotation. I'm pretty confident on that. Tamani Kamara starting. He doesn't have a great fantasy profile. A name I want to watch who's just not rostered anyway is Chris Murray. He was out of the rotation all season. He's worked his way in to be an 18, 19 minute a night player. And you could easily see the situation where you're starting Chris Murray at the three and Tamani Kamara at the four. And, or Murray plays 26 off the bench and Walker and Kamara start. It's very easy to see how that plays out. Murray is not as good, I don't think, as his brother. But there's still an opportunity here for him to get more minutes, more shots. His defensive stats were really good in college. They haven't 100% translated over because they never were. But there's a chance of this. And he's just one of those names that's going to move into at least the... Last year, honestly, we were streaming Justin Manea in. Like, they will run anybody out there. There's going to be so many random blokes who get opportunities. But Murray's a first-round pick who they're going to get minutes into. I could have had Jabari Walker on this list. And he still is going to be an option, but I'm not going to include him here. I've talked about him enough. I'm not, I don't have Tamani Kamara here because I just think that he has been um, starting the whole way through and we haven't really seen huge amounts from him. But the guy we have seen quite a bit out of is Murray's teammate, Dwapreeth. I don't think Aiton's lasting the season. Reith just got converted from a two-way to a standard contract, meaning they're going to run him out the rest of the year. He's not going to play much while Aiton's there, but he will get 26, 27 minutes a night down the stretch and be a useful, maybe top 80 player. In deeper leagues, you want to look at his backup. He'll be either Jabari Walker or Ibubaji as well to get some of those minutes. Hopefully not Moses Brown. But Reith is someone that we've seen have success. He's a pretty high usage player as a center as well. He's a pretty decent assister. He can shoot. He's been, honestly, one of the best rookies this season. I know he's 28, but he should be in the discussion for all rookie second team. He's been that good. And there is an opportunity here if you're trying to read the tea leaves of who's not going to play the rest of the year. And usually, again, most of this stuff doesn't take place until the end of uh, March, the final three weeks of the season. But it's worth noting, just in case we see an injury crop up for somebody a little bit earlier than that. We're going to go to San Antonio. I'm not going to have bubble champagne on here, but he is in discussion for that. I'm going to talk about Blake Wesley, who last season was one of the most inefficient players 
in the entirety of the NBA. It was just sad watching him, honestly. The shooting stuff was disgusting. He had some pretty interesting um, ability at Notre Dame. He got to the rim quite a bit. He just could never finish. But Wesley, um, over the last two weeks, is playing 18 minutes a night. And he's actually shooting 52% from the field this season because he's up to 62% overall from two. Last season, he was at an embarrassing 30% from two. So the reality is somewhere in the middle there. But on the other side, he shot 39% from three last season and he's shooting 16% from three this season. So there's a lot that can change. But over his last seven games, 4.4 assists in 18 minutes. That's interesting. And we feel pretty good that the team doesn't view Trey Jones as their long-term answer. I don't think they view Blake Wesley as that either. But we saw in mid-January last season, which was preempted by Devin Vassell's knee surgery and them trying to get Wembenyama, which obviously worked, and that doesn't exist for this draft class. But could we start to see the Memphis Grizzlies moment for the Spurs where Branham, or not Branham, uh, Johnson, Vassell, Jones start to like alternate games in and out and Wesley st- keeps himself with a strong 23, 24-minute-a-night roll, pushes up to 30 on a lot of nights, averages seven assists and 12 points. I, I think it's possible. The other one that I want to talk about here for the Spurs is his teammate, Malachi Branham. Because again, if they start to do the stuff with Vassell, Branham is the clear the clear path replacement. Branham is a player who doesn't have a very fantasy-friendly game, but what he can do is if players are out, he can just get up shots. He can score 20 very easily. He can do it relatively efficiently. He's shown an improvement in ball handling and passing. And just having an opportunity to see what he can bring, I think is something that we will see at some point this season. He's not, again, his numbers aren't very good. Two assists in 20 minutes a game. He's shooting 43%. He's at only 18 usage. But I can see him running a 25 usage situation at some point this season. Now, there's a lot of guys on this team. Champagne is one of them. What if Victor Wembanyama doesn't play the end of the season? Well, Zach Collins is going to be a clear must-roster player. But again, that's not an unknown situation. We all know that one. Don Barlow, if Collins' ankle's there, Don Barlow would be a 12-team league guy. He's an option there. And CD Sissoko, the other one, who just bit, has barely played, who would be a like 30% shooter, but would be like six points, seven rebounds, seven assists in 32 minutes. Maybe not seven assists, five assists with 1.5 steals. And that has value as well. The Spurs have got Wesley, Branham, Sissoko, Champagne, Barlow as like an alternate starting five that if they all started, you would roster all of them, I think, in 12-team leagues. And we just have to wait to see what happens. Again, I don't think that all those things are going to happen. They're not all going to start together and not everyone's going to be shut down. But there are going to be injuries that get milked. There are going to be weirder rotation decisions that happen for the Spurs down the stretch here. I am pretty confident in saying that. Let's do the next one. We're going to go to Utah. We've already talked about Keontae George, but the guy that was picked higher than Keontae George is Taylor Hendricks. Hendricks is, we talked about this at the deadline, moving out Kelly Olenek gives Hendricks a role, which he didn't have, and now he does. He's playing 18 minutes a night at the moment. That's not enough for us to care about. But what I have said since back in like November, basically, is that if you do have a long-term stash ability, and I stashed him in one of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowls waiting for March, just because I had that really, really deep bench, um, and this is when I thought that they were really they were really terrible and they might trade John Collins, which that obviously hasn't happened. But Hendricks has a really strong fantasy game. Now, over the last four games, it hasn't like he's played good minutes, but four points, 13 usage, 35% shooting, 
Half a steal, half a block. That's a little interesting. Five rebounds. That's very interesting. They're big rebound numbers. 0.83s. Also, pretty interesting as a big guy. But 27% from three, 50% from two. They're rookie numbers. We need to bump those numbers up. And I think we can pretty easily. This is a guy that I think could be a double-digit scorer and double-digit rebounder who hits one and a half threes, who gets, like, say, 0.6 steals, two assists, but 1.8 blocks. It's going to require a Danny Ainge tanking masterclass, which they've already started that. I mean, it's Markkinen sits, Collins sits, and we see how Hendricks and Walker work together. And then we see other random stuff go on. I could have included Bryce Sensabaugh, who has just not played at all. But Sensabaugh replacing like Jordan Clarkson slash whoever's playing at the three, Taylor Horton Tucker, he's going to have a moment this season, Sensabaugh. He is going to be a guy you go, oh my God, this guy is a bucket. Yeah, he is. And he's got the size to play the three and nobody else does. They could also roll out Lucas Sharmanich, who's bad, but that could be in the mix there too. So Hendricks, to a lesser extent, Sensabaugh, and names just to watch, just in case there is an organizational coaching shift to suggest, let's see what Hendricks and Kessler can do together. What I'm impressed with with Hendricks is that he is playing. 17, 19, 16, 16 minutes the last two games. The shooting, the la- not, not too good, except in his last two games, he's at 5 of 10, 50% shooting. He's had two steals, 12 points, and eight rebounds in 32 minutes. So let's just say 32 minutes. 12 and 8 with two steals on 50% shooting, that's pretty good. Getting to 32 minutes is the challenge, but it's something there. And lastly, I want to go to Washington. Now, I already said maybe Eugene Omari, maybe Patrick Baldwin. I haven't even included Bilal Kulabi on this list because Bilal's been getting 30 minutes a night. And if we see Kuzma slash Pool shut down, Bilal will be that guy. But we all know about Bilal. I didn't include him on the obvious one because you don't need to grab him right now. But that's an obvious name. This one is one that makes me pretty ill, to be honest, because this man is dreadful. Um, so I'm sorry to him and his family and whatever because I know he's trying his best. But Johnny Davis, one of the worst top 10 draft picks in recent years. Like I, it's It was a bad pick when it was made. I didn't think it was this bad, but it was a terrible pick when it was made. And it's somehow gotten worse. Johnny Davis has played 23 games this season, eight minutes a night, two points, 40% shooting, 0.3 assists. Even look at his per 36 splits. Is it 10, 4, and 1? 1. 1.4 assists per 36. He's got 1.6 steals, but he can't shoot free throws for whatever reason. 57 from the line and 52 last season. That makes no sense because he was fine in college. But the problem is you go to his G League numbers. He's shooting 21% from three in the G League, 36% from the field. He's averaging 8.5 points in 28 minutes in the G League. Two steals is nice, but he's trash. The thing is that this Wizards team might be really bad. And Poole, Jones, Wright's already gone, Kuzma, um, Avdia, Kispert. Kispert's one I could have had on this list as well, but again, he's pretty obvious. He's That role is sort of there. Davis, last season, was bad. But over his final eight games of the season, 15-4-2, and 7-8-1, 10-3-1, 16-6-3, 25-4 with a Richie Benno, 20 and 7 with two steals and two blocks, 16 and 4, and 13, 8 and 8 with two steals. And that is a 12 team league player. Because they cleared everything out and said, let Johnny cook. Now, normally, if he's going to cook, you're getting a pretty disgusting meal back. But it's just a name to watch that people have written off, rightfully so, you should have. This is the last opportunity, though, for Johnny Davis, I think, to have any meaningful run. And we just need to see if we get there or not. So. 
They were the 12 names that you need to know, plus 10 more, plus the other ones I mentioned in passing, to win your league, but not really. Just names to keep an eye on, and that's why we do this show every day. Why there is something happening every day in fantasy while we try and talk about, well, this guy just got hurt. That's weird. This rotation change has happened. That's weird. They've shut down these guys that I didn't expect, and four guys. Well, that's where we need to be on top of this stuff. But that just gives you an idea of some of the names that I'm looking at, paying attention to, I'm not saying to go out and stash it, although I think you know um, stuffing Dick onto your, to your lineup might be, probably it's probably not, but if I'm expecting one thing to happen post-break, it's to be, like in the next three days, to be like, yeah, we're going to be really prioritizing Dick here. Like, I, I, I don't know why I feel that, but I do feel that we might get that with Grady. So just be cautious and aware. So hit the thumbs up, subscribe, leave your comments down below. Go check out and double bang audio, video, all that stuff. And I hope you guys have enjoyed what's happened at All Star. I haven't watched a single second of anything because I'm just trying to have a break. But here we are recording this and I hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.